Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition podcast. I'm really excited to be joined by Yav Farby. Welcome Yav. Hi Jay, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. Looking forward to chatting today about how can product teams build the right thing whilst also working well together. Looking forward to chatting through with you. Awesome. I'm looking forward to discussing this. Yeah, yeah it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So if you're listening in to, to the Product Coalition podcast for the first time, we're, we're welcome. We're a global product community with over a million annual readers and 7,000 Slack members and thousands of podcast listeners. If you'd like to learn more about the Product Coalition, or to test what you've learned in each episode, head over to members.productcoalition.com to find out some more. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this session. We've got to know each other a little bit through the Product Coalition over the last few months, which has been great. So looking forward to jumping into a recording with you. For, for those listening in, Yav, would you mind sharing your background and your story in, into product and what the past looked like for you? Sure. Um, my name is Yav. I'm I graduated in England. I'm now living in the Netherlands. Um, when I was in London, I spent uh, several years in different startups, working in a data role and a product role uh, for five or six years in different startups, uh, learning on how to launch applications, how to launch new services in different sectors. Um, when I moved to the Netherlands uh, four years ago, I went to Accenture, to, to, a, company, to a subsidiary of Accenture to work as a, in a consultancy. And there I learned a lot about not only how to serve products from a consultancy perspective, but also a lot about design thinking and service design. There was a big emphasis on design in that, in that company. Um, and now I'm working as a senior product manager at New Motion, that's an electric vehicle charging company. So we make electric vehicle chargers and software solutions for those chargers, whether you are an individual or a business, we have different solutions for different uh, customer segments. Awesome, awesome. Um, I, I love the, the growth in that career journey there, um, from everything from startups to big consulting firms and now in, into um, sort of that eco space. Um, yeah, and also a scale-up, which is also nice and a new uh, addition to the yeah. different <laughs> types of companies. Yeah, well, and, and I can see why this topic um, would be so relevant to you because obviously um, a complete blend of experiences from newly formed teams to those that have probably been around for a while working together. Definitely. So, so, so let's, let's jump into the topic today, Yorav, was um, how can product teams build the right thing and work well together? Um, but why did this topic sort of mean so much to you? Um, it came... So building the right thing, part of the topic, I learned a lot during my time at, at Accenture working with clients to make sure that we are building the right thing. Often you'd have stakeholders come in from a consultancy perspective and say, I want this thing. And whether or not that thing, you sh a bad thing to do is to just say, okay, cool, let's build the thing that you want. Uh, a better way to work is to really understand the problem that the client is really identifying and has identified before coming to that conclusion. And that is really e easily translated into uh, startup scale-ups or product-based companies. So you'd have a stakeholder that comes to you when you're a product manager and they say, I want this thing built because a, a customer has asked for it, or I think it's a really good idea because I'm in this position to, to know. And 
uh, a really good reaction or like a better reaction than just going and building it, spending however many months is needed is to really work with the stakeholder to get an understanding of what is the true problem and how can it be solved in the easiest way possible, the benefits, the end user, the business, and if you're working in a consultancy, the customer themselves. Um, and I learned a lot of different techniques working with service designers, with tools like design sprints, uh, to make the discovery process uh, much better and, and more detailed. Um, and then the second part, the how do teams work together? When working in a scale-up or a startup where you have multiple teams, or maybe you might have, you're working in a consultancy with a large client, um, you have multiple teams working on the same product, and therefore you have to interact as a product manager, you're likely to interact with other product managers. And obviously you have your own priorities, the other product managers have their own priorities, but how do you work well together is really important to make sure that there is an alignment with around amongst the product managers, even though they might not work together every day. Um, because that means there's smooth transitions of work and there's also smooth communication in, let's say, the dependency between two teams. If there's a good relationship and a, and a good understanding of the way of working, getting those dependencies fixed is much easier. So those were the two things I see related. Awesome. Awesome. Great, great to hear. Um, I can certainly um, imagine that in both instances, um, their, their ability to remain adaptable um, around the different types of clients and, and their sort of ways of working um, and what a discovery means to them and also working with new teams in continuous ways um, having to be adaptable to new different behaviours and cultures um, of newly formed teams is, is critical. Definitely. Um, I see there's a lot of similarities when you look, from my experiences, a lot of similarities when looking into different industries in products. So there is always similar problems of there's dependencies within teams. There's sometimes unclear requirements come in or there is very loud people asking for requirements that might not be the, the best thing for the product or the best thing for the future to be done. And there's how to tackle these challenges um, gets better with better communication amongst product managers. Awesome, awesome. So let's jump into to the start of um, building products. Let's go into product discovery. What, what does product discovery mean to you, Yad? The product discovery to me is a process of getting an understanding of um, what is the customer need and what is the, so if you're looking at the business need, what is the business need, what is the customer need if you're a consultancy, and also what is the user need. So the, the person who is ending up using the tool, what is their need and what is, what is the problem we're trying to solve for them. Um, I see the discovery process as a piece of research that is anything that starts off with things like benchmarking. So this is something that people can do, whether you're a product manager or not, sitting at your desk, looking at what's available in the market to get an idea of like, here's some examples of this solution or a similar solution being sold before to prototype building and doing user testing to learn about the prototype that is, um, a design thing which could be a clickable prototype using a software tool like Figma or Sketch or even a paper prototype 
just to get feedback from users as soon as possible. What I see as a bad discovery process is teams spending three months building a piece of software to then only then test. That's, that's bad. You want to bring in the, the users and feedback as soon as you can. Um, another piece of discovery that I think is really important is to bring the right stakeholders into the process at the right time. So what is um, a mistake I've fallen into myself as well is to see as the person making the request and the end user being the only stakeholders. But normally other people around the business that are affected by the decisions made, for example, operations or marketing, needing to remember to involve all these people, even though they might not be the immediate stakeholders, but to let them know what's going on, to let them bring in their opinion or maybe their constraints. So at the end of the discovery process, uh, as a product manager, you're confident that you've seen the user's opinion, stakeholder's opinion, and let's say like outside stakeholder's opinion. Nice, nice. For, for you, what, 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 does, um, what does a good outcome of product discovery look like for you? I, for my ideal situation, there'll be a tested prototype, maybe one or two versions. Uh, so there, there's normally tests never go perfectly. There's always feedback. So ideally, there'll be a second version to say like, hey, the design team made a prototype, made improvements following the first test, and perhaps we had time for a second test. Um, getting the right checklist of people uh, in the discovery. So as I said, users, marketing, operations, perhaps finance and legal, depending on what you're doing. Um, and having a clear understanding of what the first MVP is. So at the end of all this research of gathering information, data, people's opinions and requirements, uh, ideally as a product manager, I want to be sitting with um, the team or the teams building the thing and having a, a cross-team agreement, meaning someone from tech, someone from design, and someone from product in each team has an understanding of what needs to be built as the first version of this thing. So we can go and either ask uh, higher management to say, hey, if we're building this thing, it will take us this effort and bring this benefit or say, oh, we're going to start tomorrow because we have, we have already all the permissions ticked off. We're all starting together tomorrow, building the thing that we spent a month, six weeks discovering. Cool, cool, cool. So in, in product discovery, yeah, there's a number of methods or tools that, that we can can use um and you know that there's constant thanks to an awesome community there's constant feedback and thoughts of of new ways of, of testing um product ideas and validating um with customers for, for you how do you go about choosing the right product discovery method it depends so it depends on the scale of the problem so i i first identify what the, the problem is and then you know if it's a very small problem when I have a discussion with the, my immediate colleagues in tech and design uh, and we think, hey, let's, uh, this is not big enough or uh, complicated enough that, that is worthy for to like a design sprint, then we would go maybe straight to make a quick prototype, do a bunch of internal testing, maybe invite users if it's a small thing. Uh, to if it's a really complicated multiple team problem, then a tool like Design Sprint is far more appropriate because you 
you want to have the with a design sprint you get a lot of investment from of time from lots of different stakeholders so then you're sure that by doing by doing the design sprint you have the confidence that all these stakeholders you brought them along with you to the end of the discovery process to say hey we're now going to invest quite a lot of time and effort into building this solution uh, what often can happen is the th me and my immediate colleagues might think a problem is is not that big but when we start talking to let's say the immediate um, the immediate stakeholder is someone from finance we realize that hey it's it's not as simple as we first thought and then your discovery process is extended but it's extended in a worthwhile way because you you're not over investing in discovery you're investing the right amount um, because another problem that might happen is you spend all your time discovering and, and that's not good for your stakeholders you want to make sure that you're delivering on when you can yeah delivering that value and momentum over time and um, keen to know you have have you um since obviously covid hit the world uh, particularly where we are in europe have you had to run a design sprint remotely yet we haven't not a remote design sprint but we've taken um just because of the the situation of finding time yeah. so what we've done when we had to do a large discovery process is i basically split a couple of workshops over a couple of days so taking two hour blocks over a couple of days with the stakeholders and with my experience with design sprints take let's say a little bit of the understanding workshop a little bit of the discovery workshop ideation uh conversion and testing so make that far shorter and more crammed into a day so i wouldn't call it a real design sprint i'll call it a workshop to, awesome. to get understanding yeah i imagine i mean i've been uh, i've sorry i've heard there's a big community online and i've seen the the workshops of the global design sprints which is a group of people who do design sprint globally not necessarily for a particular project and it's really interesting one of my colleagues was very involved in that um, so i've seen it happen and it's possible uh, but i've not uh, led that yeah, right. Nice, nice. I was very fortunate actually two episodes ago to chat with Braden Cowitz, one of the co-creators of Design Sprint um, from Google Ventures. And that was a, a, a great episode. But it also um, leads into um, what we we're going to talk about next, which is communication as well. Um, and in that episode, we, we spoke quite a bit around um, communication. So um, before we move into um, that space, though, um, when you're talking about sort of multiple product teams, etc., what are some of the lessons, particularly around design sprints, that, that you've learned that, that were lessons learned the hard way that you wouldn't do again, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, I think on a personal level, I think investing in preparation is really important, especially if you're the product manager, you are either, you're likely to be the decision maker or the facilitator of the workshop, depending on, on the situation in the organization. And both these roles are really important to, to be well prepared. You need to be more prepared than the guests coming in, the participants. Uh, so I'd say invest in that investment preparation, whether it's uh, teeing up the, the participants to understand what a design sprint is, because of course you're likely to be more experienced. Or if, if you're leading a design sprint for the first time, you're doing the research of how to facilitate or how to be a decision maker and then you want to bring the colleagues in. Um, and the second thing is 
don't ex like from experience don't expect it to go right perfectly the first time it's going to be um it is hard work you're investing a lot of time you're investing five whole days of work into a single problem um <clears throat> and the idea is uh you invest a lot of this energy but it's worthwhile because you've spent far less energy than it would take you to really build the thing from the first uh, day. So if you come in on the first day, here's the problem, go build it. You're investing a lot of time and you're condensing that into five days. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So let's, let's switch over to um, the largest sort of side of product when you've got multiple product teams um, and everyone needs to sort of pull in a, in a common direction to, to create value. Um, how, you know, what, what tips, experiences, advice do you have around how, how do you ensure that teams are working well together? There's a few things that I've done to, to help my team on an on a individual level and also for the product team in general to, to get better communications going on. Uh, one thing is really simple is talk to the other product managers on a regular basis, whether now during COVID times we need to do uh, video calls um, in other times, it would just be meeting for a coffee in the office. When we get back to that, I'm sure that can be up again. Um, so you want to have a gen, like as a starting point, you want to have a general understanding of what other product managers are doing. So if a colleagues ask what's going on with Team X, you can say, oh, I spoke to the product manager of that team relatively recently. They're working on this and this. And that's like the basic level of communication, I'd say. Um, something else that we're doing and I recommend with, when you're realizing that there's, let's say in your organization, you have platform teams and, and customer facing teams. So there's a lot of dependencies on the platform teams to deliver information to the customer facing teams. Um, then what we're doing is having bi-weekly meetings where it's the product manager and senior tech person meeting on a bi-weekly basis to exchange information because we understand often the case the platform teams are being asked for different have a lot of dependencies when like we're not the only front-facing team needing stuff from the platform team so you want to have understanding of like what is their uh current situation like what are they working on now what is their pressure how can we help them to to deliver what we need to to serve our customers um so having this regular uh, exchange of information meetings to understand what's going on and there's also situ what comes out of this is not just like hey here are the dependencies let's uh, solve them but also learning from each other because they might have done a user study that uh, benefits our users as well so they might say oh we know this information have some of our discovery uh, input that we've done not long ago and that's really beneficial to to not repeat each other's work. And then the third thing, which is the more ambitious thing, is something that was done in my in my previous company and we're doing and we've done it here, is to have a just a team manifesto, which means um, it's a simple document that takes a long, a very long time to put together because you need to be very respectful of everyone's opinions in the product team to say, how do we want to work together? What is our mission as product managers? What, what, is our, what are our values? Um, what are our goals? How do we want to grow as a product team? This is uh, 
this is beneficial because it brings camaraderie into the product team uh, as a base and also it brings out uh, less it's less it turns negative uh, issues so like you have an issue it's negative but it turns it into a vision of how to solve it in a better way so if you're saying it, let's say there's a complaint in the team that there's not enough inter-team communication then part of the manifesto is hey we want to make sure that our inter-team communication is better and we are the manifesto is basically painting a future of where you want the team to be and you're collecting input from the team itself and it's a relative like it, it it's not an easy process it's relatively time consuming but i see the benefit is is tenfold the the time you invest because once you have this aligned vision and aligned ways of working it's much easier to say oh i know this is this is where we're aiming for let's work with that together and it just helps give the team a direction of how we want to work together okay so the manifesto is is it's two parts of what i'm hearing it's a it's an opportunity to collaborate on on a common output um being the manifesto but then you also turn to it repeatedly over time um to ensure yeah. that you're striving towards those collaborative outcomes indeed um it's not something that you necessarily visit every week but let's say every quarter a couple of times a year you want to make sure that you're visiting it to make sure to check in with the team and, and it's not a test that we pass or fail it's a test to say like is this still relevant because it, you're testing the document rather than the team because if the document is no longer relevant let's say the organization significantly changed in six months then sh the manifesto might need to also um, because the ways of working in the organization has changed significantly and by keeping the document relevant then you make sure that the team is aligned on a regular basis awesome awesome can i ask um yeah, uh, you know uh, what, what I love is that you've you've gone from England, come over to to Amsterdam. You're working in a new country, new culture, um, and continuously improving sort of pro product management practice. Um, when it comes to product teams working well together, have you seen any sort of cultural difference in in mainland Europe versus in the UK? Uh, that's a difficult one. I I don't think I have. I mean, uh, in Amsterdam, it's very multicultural. So I. And especially in the even, so if you look at the at the tech teams, they're even more multicultural. So meaning like from all over Europe, awesome. um, mix, both in London and in Amsterdam. I think with um, with colleagues outside of the tech department, then you'll see more uh, less diversity from from country base. But um, yeah, so I think when I'm thinking about product teams, I think about the, the tech and product managers. Mm. And it's been relatively international in my uh, experiences, both in London and Amsterdam. Uh, so I don't see a big difference. Um, and then I think with other colleagues, the, when you look at outside, outside the tech department, there is a slight difference, but there's also, I don't know if it's a cultural difference or maturity of company difference. So when, I, um, when I've been working in the Netherlands, I've worked with far more mature companies. So Accenture is a, a huge consulting firm. Uh, New Motion is a scale up. And in London, I was working in a very startup environment. Uh, so I don't know if it's culture of the country or culture of the organization. Yeah. 
it's more serious. Like, I mean, I don't know, but I think there's more seriousness in the company cultures where in the Netherlands now. Okay. I think that's important. Obviously more and more product people looking to work remotely and as part of remote working means transitioning across borders and new opportunities are right. Um, it's good to hear there's, there's some similarities and for those looking beyond their, their country border, not to be too put off or expect too many differences in the, in the product space. Yeah, I, I, I would say that that's very true, Jay. I think, as I said before, it's very, it's a very international community and, you know, with tech, it's so, it's so easy to move across borders. Awesome. So you mentioned, obviously, with New Motion, this is a, a scale up, so it's a growing product team and I'm sure teams around you as well. So um, what advice, you know, additional advice do you have around them working well together and that continuous evaluation um, that, that they're working on the right thing and, and they're work, working in the right ways? Um, working in the right thing, it, it's it's not much more than what I said at the start of this, of make sure you, you're still keeping to the discovery processes that, that you've committed to. Obviously look to uh, content like uh, Product Coalition, other medium uh, pro, um, publications to see like what is new ways of doing discovery. There's always, there's always new content about how to do discovery in new ways, especially now we're all working remotely. Um, and then how to make sure you're working well as a team when you're growing is to make sure that there's this regular check-ins. So if you're, um, if you're working with teams that you do have dependencies with, I recommend keeping those two bi-weekly meetings to just check in on a sprint basis or what works for you. Um, and then if you have more, if your company grows and the product teams are, there but not related to you don't become strangers to let's say that part of the business you never know when you'll need to work together so you might not necessarily need the, the bi-weekly check-in because you don't have inter-team dependencies but don't be strangers make sure that you understand what those teams are doing and those teams understand what you're doing this could be by running presentations internally for the product team or for a wider audience in the organization uh, something that we've done is make an internal website that people can just go with their company login and just say, oh, what this team is doing? And we have a, a very simple landing page to explain. So there's information always available to understand because what happens or what happens and the danger of growing quickly is teams become isolated and they say, oh, we're just focusing on solving this these problems or serving these customers. And we don't really care or it's not part of our business to think about what's going on, on the other side of the business and that is a start for causing problems if you have a wider understanding then collaboration is much easier awesome awesome brilliant brilliant thanks so much yeah i've really enjoyed um jumping in getting, getting some stuff down on a recording with you it's been great oh thanks very much for having me jay it's been really fun Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Hope for those listening in, you've, you've enjoyed this time with uh, Yav and I. We've been chatting about how to build, uh, how product teams can build the right thing and work well together. I hope there's some um, insights and value that you've all found there. If you'd like to hear more from the Product Coalition, you can head over to members.productcoalition.com to find out more all about it. And until next time, take care. Thanks, Yav. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Bye.